Guys, today, Emily English, nutritionist. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Is that how you like to be known as a nutritionist? Uh, do you know what? I'm happy just to be called whatever people want to call me. Um, the only thing with like nutritionists is people always have that prejudgment of like, <laughs> oh, here we go. Like, um, and people also get nervous about telling me what they eat. They suddenly have this like weird thing when they start telling me, oh, I don't eat really chocolate. <laughs> and I, I never eat crisps. And, and some says I have wine. Is this good for me? Like, should I eat that? And then it's just like, oh, God, like, calm down. Like, relax, <laughs> relax around your food. Is that the key to relax around food? Because you keep saying it like... Oh, it's my whole mantra, my whole ethos has been to be healthy, you have to have a healthy relationship with food. Mm. And now everything's gone so kind of on the opposite end. Everything's about diets, restriction. Everyone focuses on what you can't eat yes. rather than what you can eat. Yeah. And you can really eat everything as long as it's balanced and in moderation. I mean, there's a couple of things that I just say... Oh, just try and don't do it, which is like fizzy drinks, Coca-Cola, sweets, etc. But they're the obvious ones. It's things like a chocolate bar once in a while, or a slice of cake on your friend's birthday and with a glass of wine. That is healthy yes. because it's natural. Okay, so what you're saying is, is that it's also good for you because it's good for your mind and your soul and your exactly. body and the way that you feel. Exactly. So having a good, you always talk about having a good relationship with food, not in the sense of just eating good food, you're having a healthy mindset relationship. Exa exactly, because food can love your body, but it can also love your mind. Like it brings so much enjoyment. And I always say, like it's that universal language wherever you go in the world, you yeah. sit at a dinner table with someone and you don't have to speak the same language. You can share cultures, like identity, who you are, yeah. all in food. 100%. And then that's where like the nutrition is so important, but that whole identity in your food is just as important, like through cultures, heritage, recipes that your grandma's passed down. Like just because it's my grandma's beef stew with suet dumplings, yeah. if I told a nutritionist that, they'd be like, <gasps> have a heart attack, but to, <laughs> but to me it means so much more because of like the heritage in the recipe. I like that. And the joy it brings you the as a- The joy it brings me, exactly. And I can't wait to like, maybe adapt that slightly in modern day and give that to my kids. And then that passes down, that's food identity. And yeah, that's I just like, as important. I like that. So where did you grow up? Tell us a little bit more about you, who you are. How did you get into nutrition? So, can I swear on this? Yeah, of course you can. I've always fucking loved food. Like, absolutely <laughs> love it. Like, yeah. it's, it's really my, my heart and soul and joy. And ever since a kid, I've always been this little beanpole and I was really into kind of running and I'd like loads of kind of athletics and stuff like that. And food was very much a part of that recovery and that refuel. And my mum always cooked the most incredible meals. So everything homemade, everything from scratch, like gorgeous vegetables. Um, she was one of the first people to ever sign up to an organic box before they actually were what? cool. Yeah. Um, so I've always kind of been around that whole like fresh cooking, cooking from scratch. Um, and then from the age of like 13, I worked at my granny's restaurant. So my granny's actually a chef. Ah, okay. Um, so that's where it all comes from. Um, and she has a lovely little B&B &B, um, over in somewhere called um, Reynolds, because I'm from Bedford. Oh, um, yeah. Just outside of London. I know Bedford. Um, and yeah, from the age of 13, I was there kind of peeling sacks of potatoes, prepping vegetables, helping her with the Sunday lunch. But I, I just saw everything and it, it taught me how to function in the kitchen, how to approach a kitchen. So then I gained a lot of kitchen confidence. Yeah. 
Then my mum decided to kind of pop out loads of babies. Um, so <laughs> what, loads of babies? Loads of babies, one of five. What? Um, but wow. she had twins, so identical twins. And then my younger sister, like within a, like a year of each other. Wow. So that's three kids under the age of three. So it, suddenly the house just turned into like turmoil. So my <laughs> life got thrown upside down. But it just meant that I had a lot of responsibility yeah. that was put on my shoulders. So the way I helped was through food. So I, yeah, I used to help my mum cook. I used to help um, feed um, my brothers and sisters when my parents ever wanted to kind of go away. I remember I've always used to barter with them with banana custard. So if I was like, you go to bed, and if you go to bed and you behave, I said, I'll give you, some, I'll get, get you some banana custard. And it was <laughs> always a deal breaker. Honestly, like, top negotiation. They should be using it for Brexit. Like, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. But I've always, that's kind of where the true love of cooking came yeah. from just from that responsibility really so you grew up loving like you grew up fucking loving food Absol like that was absolutely so it's your true passion true so it passion, makes a yeah. it makes a perfect nutritionist and the, and the fact that you love food you grew up loving food for what it is and not about as in like the feeling the connection mm. the negotiating like you use food to negotiate with your brothers and sisters yeah. like that's mental yeah um i get it so that's how so at what point then when you so you went to school obviously yeah. you studied was there ever a time you thought, I don't want to be a nutritionist? Was there a time you want to be something else? So, before I actually committed to do my degree in nutrition, I was one of the first people to ever be scouted for an e-com company. So mm -hmm. a really large e-com company, I'm not going to mention names. Um, but I modelled for them for a little bit. And I was 17. And I'd always had, obviously, that fantastic relationship with food. Had my little Pinterest and like markers of, like, oh, I'm going to go eat there. I really want to <laughs> eat that burger. Um, and. I then got thrown into this whole world of London, <laughs> fashion, yep. and just crazy eating patterns. Mm. And people were telling me, oh, you shouldn't be eating that. You should be eating this. That's toxic for you. Like, that's really bad. That's carcinogenic, etc., etc." Wow. And I was obviously very malleable because I was young. Yep. I was self-conscious because I'd been thrown into this world where what mattered was what I looked like mm -hmm. rather than what I had to offer in yeah. kind of like my brain. Um, and then my cheese and ham panini got swapped to salads without dressings and oh, wow. things like that. And then my weight, and I've always been tiny, my weight just dropped and dropped and dropped. So I actually had a very unhealthy relationship Should with food. Yeah. And I lost all of that joy. It became this thing that I used to feel like I used to get stressed over Christmas. And because it was worried like, about putting on weight or eating. Worried what about you eating because I wanted to eat it, but I felt I couldn't. That's so sad. So sad. And I remember, like, my mum. I went. I went home and she'd made um, bangers and mash with organic potatoes, um, sausages from the butcher, yeah. um, cabbage and stuff, and a lovely homemade onion gravy. And I said, Mum, I can't eat that. I can't eat that. And that. And there was one moment in time when everything changed. Where I remember so poignant in my life. I'm going to get a little bit, a bit emotional, but. My mum had made me a cheese sandwich and she put butter in it. And I was so freaked out by the fact she put butter in it. Wow. I was like, I, I broke down, I cried on the floor. Because I was like, mum, I just can't eat this. And I was like, something's got to change. Yeah. And then that was like the 
click for me. Um, so I actually, I actually stepped away from modelling because I just knew it wasn't good for me and knew it wasn't healthy for me. Um, and that was a hard thing to do because it was fabulous in its own right. But for me, I just wasn't the right person to not be in that just industry. Purely not happy at purely all. Purely not ha happy. Um, and I actually, because I was delayed in going to uni because of work, um, then I swapped my degree to nutrition. I was like, I want to understand this. So I've always been a bit of a science buff. <laughs> yeah. So like chemistry, biology, human physiology, um, organic chemistry, exactly how like the way the body works, I love it. And so I was like, I'm gonna do nutrition and just fix this in my head. And then the, the rest is history now. Nothing brings me more joy when I have clients in my clinic who were me. I love then, that, and I and I'd help them. At least it's at least they can relate to you, right? At least, well, more importantly, you can relate to them. And I sometimes think there's things that you can't learn. There's some things that you just can't learn from a book, and no. that's how to talk to people and how sometimes how to help people with their mental health. That empathy, that sympathy, exactly. that because it, like you said, they're not always come. They're not always coming to you to learn about good food and bad food. They're coming to maybe like just help them understand why they're feeling like exactly, this. Exactly, exactly. Because that's how I work. Like when someone comes to me in my clinic, I focus on their relationship with food. I focus on how they're eating. I focus on building their confidence with how they should eat. Because a lot of people know like, oh, if I'm going to follow a healthy balanced diet, I know I need to eat more plants yeah. and probably a little bit less processed stuff. We all know that. But sometimes you Do just we? need, <laughs> I mean, I like to think so. But sometimes you just need that helping hand. You need that person like me who kind of just guides them through yeah so like, this is what I think you should be doing have you thought about this and I do this thing where I remix people's recipes so if someone is loves like pasta and spag bowl and stuff okay I say okay cool this is my recipe cook this one so they, they still eat the same foods that they love yeah I feel confident in cooking but that's instantly so much better for them with like my little hints and tricks that I do to kind of remix them. So have you got a book of recipes? No, so what I give everyone is like a plan of breakfast, lunch, dinner, mm -hmm. of all the recipes that I've written myself, but book TBC. Yeah, okay, so fine. So do you want to write a book? I'd love to write a book, yeah. yeah. Absolutely love to. I mean, cooking's my passion and I've always said like good health doesn't have to compromise good food. Like you can have both. When you say good food, right? So when people say to me good food, I mean, rich food, restaurant food, that mm. sort of high in, is it high in cholesterol? I don't know what it is, but it's, yeah. you know, loads of butter, loads of high salt. High in everything that high. you don't want, basically. Right, but to me, that is good food. Yeah. Um, how, do you how do you define good food? So exactly that. So when you eat good food, you want to go, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, you want it to like imprint a memory in your mind of like, oh, I love that, tastes delicious. But yeah. it doesn't have to. Be high in saturated fats, be high in cholesterol, be mm. really, really high in calories. Like it's, people have this misconception that things that taste good can't be healthy. Yeah, And True. the issue is, if you go anywhere in London to these health food shops and you go and buy like a salad bowl or whatever, they're rank. Yeah, they are. They're horrible. I was about to say, I was, I was hoping you were gonna say they're really good for you. I was like, they taste shit. They taste horrible. Yeah, they do. Um, and like, that's one <laughs> of the biggest things. Like, I'm, I'm starting this company, obviously called The Nutritionist Kitchen. Yeah. Um, approached by an amazing group of, um, group of guys actually who are doing a fantastic job in, in the wellness sector and deliver and food delivery. Yeah. And my whole thing that I wanted to bring across was these wellness bowls. It tasted amazing. Mm -hmm. I wanted people to order them and finish their lunch or dinner and just be like, wow. Mm. Like, I feel great and I feel satisfied because mm -hmm. it tasted fantastic. Yeah. The Nutritionist Kitchen, yeah? Yes. Um, launching soon? Launching soon, yeah. yeah. Good. So, um, 
the actual launch date is is kind of TBC. Sure. Um, I just want it to be right. And I think with anything like this, with all this the situation that we're in, I think if you rush something, it's yes, just, I don't. No need to rush it. No, I know you want to. Exactly, I'm desperate for it to get out, but there's there's a lot of logistical things to to think about, and I want it to be consistent. I don't want ever anyone to order something and they just be like, oh, well that was crap, because <laughs> yeah. then that I'd take it so personally. So I need I need it to be perfect, but I just again we're going to be doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner everything balanced everything super tasty super fresh packed full of good stuff yeah absolutely delicious things that i eat and would give to friends if they came over do you cook at home all the time you like the time. do you enjoy it I, or do you, is there any sometime be honest is there a time you think oh, do you know what i can't be asked cook i'm gonna order a pizza no Come on. i actually can say that i actually can say that. do you know why because i have so many things that are instant yeah that I, I, I know that I'm going to feel better for eating, even though it's going to take me five minutes to make. I mean, one of my favourite ones actually is um, I call it like pimped up beans. Okay. Just get a tin of baked beans. Yeah. And again, this is really inexpensive, so anyone could do this. Okay. So a tin of baked beans, put a little bit of smoked paprika in there. Um, you can also put um, a bit of diced uh, onion, mm -hmm. uh, really good in prebiotic fibres. Um, and then also put loads of kind of fresh herbs. So you can put um, basil. Mm -hmm. Um, spinach, chopped tomatoes, chopped red peppers, and you just warm it through. And this is literally taking me five minutes. Okay. And then you tip that onto a bit of toast and finish it with a bit of feta, olive oil. And that's it. And that's it. Paprika. And so baked beans. Baked beans. Paprika. Yep. Sweat and onion, red yep. pepper, diced tomatoes, bit of basil, spinach that you wilt in there, or kale and that you can wilt in there. Pop it into a nice bit of um, sourdough, so rice sourdough, mm, okay. tiny drizzle of olive oil for healthy fats, a little crumble of feta. Um, avoid it obviously if you're plant based. But what about cheddar cheese? Can put can a you bit put of cheddar, cheddar cheese. Yep, yeah, can put a bit of cheddar cheese. I'm, I'm, I'm that sort of, you know. I'm that guy, like that a bit of cheddar. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit then, of cheddar. If you think of that meal, then you've got legumes, mm -hmm. which obviously in the baked beans. Yeah. Um, baked beans, like albeit high in sugar, you can buy low in sugar varieties. But in the context of the day, they're not that high in sugar. Okay. Um, nice bit of healthy carbohydrates from the rice sourdough. Um, all the phytochemicals and nutrients in herbs. You know a lot about food. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know but, you also know everything inside them as well, but right? I love to translate it. I don't like people to think it's alien yeah, okay. when I talk about it. So that's why whenever I have clients, I try not to lose them. It's really important that you don't lose people yeah, of course, in, the, in the science, if yeah. that makes sense. No, yeah, because people are like, I don't know what you're talking about, and then get lost, and yeah. then be like, they just switch off then, don't they? Exactly. Yeah. All right, so what's your favorite? do you have a favourite meal, a sort of a go-to comfort meal that you would have? Yeah. Go on. My... Um, my chicken and tarragon lasagna. Ooh, so okay. it's, we all need to eat less meat and I do eat meat. I'm not a vegan, but I'm very prominently plant-based. So yep. I'd say like up to 90% of my diet is plant-based. Okay. If I buy chicken, I go to um, my farmer's market in um, near where I live. Yep. Pick up a really beautiful uh, chicken that's been treated really well, slow grown. You slice the breasts um, and just have those between four people because two breasts can feed four people if you just slice them properly and you're having loads of different bits in your roast. Yeah. And then with the legs, you shred off all that meat and you make a ragu with it. So you cook it down exactly the same way you would like a beef lasagna. Um, but I always put loads and loads of extra veggies in there. So diced mushrooms, carrots, celery, onion, courgettes, um, red peppers, whatever's in my fridge, you name it, it's going in there. And then um, you make an olive oil bechamel, tarragon, and then just um, layer that up, bake it, and have you a shared, little side salad. Have you shared this recipe? No, it's 
my top secret one. <laughs> oh, no, go I, I've, on. been, I've been dabbling around on Instagram. I've teased it a couple of times. Like, oh, should I share this recipe, guys? And it's like, oh. Why don't you? Oh, because it, it's so good. Is it? <laughs> I, think, I think that would be the opening recipe in my cookbook. Okay, done. Uh, <laughs> that, I, I'm looking for, I like, that's one of my favorite meals is lasagna. Okay, fine. Do you call it lasagna or lasagna? Lasagna. I don't even, lasagna. Yeah, lasagna. that's because you're from yeah. Bedford like me. I was also from Bedford. Are you really? Well, Silso, a little village. No way. Yeah. Yes, I know Silso. Yeah, so. A small world. Yeah, very small world. So I'm from that neck of the woods. So, yeah. Yeah, lasagna, it's definitely lasagna. Big up right. B-Town. Big <laughs> up Bedford. Did you hang around in Bedford a lot? Oh, um, yes. It's all coming out when, now. When I, was, when I was younger, I used to be like a bit of like a punk rock girl. Yeah. So I used to have colours in my hair. God, that's something else. So when I went out with like blue tights, yellow shorts, neon, listening to like heavy rock, <laughs> thought I was really cool. Interesting. Yeah. Those, luckily, that I got over that phase. Pretty but, quick. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. So what's the plan? So, okay, help you know, the Nutritionist Kitchen, amazing, potential book. But what's the goal? What's the reason why? Like, was there any, ever, did you ever, like, I know you said issues with food and mm. when you came to London, but is there like a, a long reason why? Is there something you thought like, I want to help many people as possible because I want people to be happy. Is there something where you think, I've, this is where I need to get to, is what I wanted to achieve? I've always wanted to, I, I believe that I have, and I don't want this to sound big headed, but I believe I have something special when it comes to my ability to marry both cooking and nutrition together. Mm-hmm. And I really want to help educate people when it comes to both of those things so when it comes to bringing it into their homes and into their lifestyle and making things sustainable it's not it's not another diet i never want to give someone another diet plan they're going to follow for six months and then lose a bit of weight and they just go back to who they were it's about it's about refreshing people's mindset and lifestyles when it comes to their food and how they're eating and also having that forever i'm having that forever so I mean, when I left my previous job and I started Emily English Nutrition, I just, I was so tired of trying to find something that I fit into. Yeah. So I was like this puzzle piece that wasn't fitting into any puzzles. And then I just, I just reached the point where I was like, I can do, I need to do this for myself because I know what I can offer yes. is really helpful for some people and people, I want to, I want to train and, and educate people to eat better and, and love their food and nothing gives me more pleasure when I get eat, like feedbacks from my clients and they're like, Em, like you've changed my life. Ah, like, uh, that's like, nice. And literally have, and that's the most, that, that is why it's all worth it. That's rewarding. And I think with the, with the venturing in obviously into like the food delivery things, like, I've always been, I've always been a bit of a workaholic. Like, as I said to you, like, like I love, I love the grind like, yeah. I lo- and I love, I love applying myself to something and and seeing the benefits from it and and it's something that I get both so I get the enjoyment of being very busy but then I also get the enjoyment of giving back to people yeah so it's that kind of amazing amalgamation of of my my life at the moment well giving back definitely it definitely feeds our own souls like because it makes us feel good so sort of like that unselfish act for a selfish yeah. sort of reason so i totally get that but obviously look you're also you're a business owner you, you run your own business right yeah uh what's it like being a business owner i mean how long have you been self-employed you're so, totally self-employed totally self-employed yeah how long have you been self-employed for um God, it's only leading up to a year wow so a lot has happened in a year um but i think i think that comes from my belief in myself and and the, I feel like I fitted a niche that wasn't there. Yeah. Um, was it scary at the beginning? Absolutely petrifying. Yeah. I was petrified. And 
I remember my first ever client I had kind of all of my all of my own so I was so nervous I was like what do I say I had this little plan of like my client questionnaire and, <laughs> and I was just like I can't I can't believe like I'm so excited that this is actually me and mine Amazing. Um, so nothing I, I can't believe it's only been a year but I, nothing I could regret Fair whatsoever enough. and you enjoying the pro so the first six months are obviously really quite scary and then you yeah. sort of find your feet a little bit and then it's yeah. you know you can then build on that and grow yeah. um you ever you think about maybe one day getting a team together of little emily's to run around <laughs> and sort of you know and train them up to yeah be of course so what Eventually, what I'd love to do is grow Emily English Nutrition as a clinic. Yeah. So I'd, I'd then employ more nutritionists to apply the same methods that I do, have the same ethos that I do. Um, I'm a bit of a control freak, though. So I worry that... Standards I worry, will Yeah, or... I worry that... Because it, people aren't you and, and you aren't anyone else. Yeah. So it's really hard to always replicate that. So I think that's something that I'll establish in the future, but I definitely see the company growing, the business growing, yeah. and eventually I'd really like to get into um, better meal prep. So yeah. if you think of meal prep at the moment, it's very like meat and two veg, yeah. chicken, sweet potato. Like there's a couple who are kind of venturing out and actually putting some herbs on it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. But there's nothing actually no, that it's, makes, it's, like, it's good food. It's, Shit. Yeah, and it's I'm, not great. I have um, I have a friend who is um, a mum, really busy, and I used to prep um, the chicken lasagna for her, like yeah. and uh, kind of really beautiful curries and stuff. And um, she used to pick it up and send it over. She was like, "Emma, you have to do this." So eventually, I want to get a prep kitchen, have a big team behind that, nice. and then do like a kind of global delivery service of the nutritionist kitchen. Um, Amazing! Food. Why yeah. not? When, and you'll, I'm, I'm sure, one hundred percent, you'll achieve that. Uh, yeah, if you if look if you want it, you go out and get it. Exactly. I'm sure you will. Exactly. What what I think is interesting is where you said about people. You know, when you said if you had a, a clinic of nutritionists where the standards will slip and you feel mm. in control, that is the hardest part of business because people ultimately will go to Emily. People want Emily and want her advice, yeah. but ultimately, at some point, you do have to go. Yeah. And the only person that can set the culture of your company and set the standards is you. Exactly. So people will, but you have to find people that buy into what you do and love what you do and then they can then push that on but that is the hardest part of scaling up i know i know something that i've it's got consistency to to. it's like having i don't know like you can have a restaurant or you could be uh, a personal trainer or whatever it is you have it has to be consistent otherwise yeah. the minute it's not consistent people just disappear yeah so tell, do you have any of these recipes that in the uh, health the nutritionist kitchen is there anything like sweet in there something nice and gooey like a brownie like some i'm a Chocolate, chocolate guy. Oh so the the board's favourite dish out of all of it is my cacao pepe chickpeas. It's not it's not sweet, but I will move on to the sweet. But this dish, and please anyone who's listening to this, order it. Um, it is amazing. Is it's it so good? Like super tasty. Um, you use the um, the natural emulsifiers kind of in around the chickpeas to to whisk all the parmesan and black pepper in. Um, it's a flavour bomb. So that's one of like the, the top top favourites. Okay. Um, sweet wise, um, I'm actually developing them at the moment. So we were kind of umming and ahhing if we're going to put something sweet on for the first launch, but. I decided I want to. So I'm going to be doing, I absolutely yes, won't yeah. know it. Um, so we're going to be doing a dark chocolate pop. Mm. So like a really nice, a kind of like a rich ganache, um, dark mm. chocolate, really high in, in polyphenols and antioxidants. So kind of balances out there. Okay. And um, the other one is going to be like 
a, like a warm lemon pot so like a lemon cake with nice. like a lemon drizzle um and then kind of like a super flapjack okay um kind of thing and um, that people can order but maybe i should develop a brownie i'm not I just, yes i just dude. don't think you can make a healthy brownie and no one wants to eat a brownie of like no they don't I, this is it no brownies. no i had a nice pumpkin brownie once no but that could work i get it that. was really nice but not beetroot or avocado mm, yeah no I, I look i think this is the thing if you start taking away the things that people really enjoy about food like for me having a proper dirty ungooey like gooey high calorie chocolatey sugary brownie if you take that away from me i don't want it yeah it has to be naughty yeah. otherwise i don't want it do you know what there's i'm actually going to i've now decided i'm going to try and develop the healthiest naughty brownie there you go I possibly can have to right okay yes you must like because look I, I, I tell me if i'm wrong right you can have some naughty food within your 100%, diet. Hundred percent. This is why I say to anyone, I harp on about this all the time on my Instagram. But it's restraint, not restriction. Restraint, not restriction. It's okay. The, it's the most. If you can take any mantra yep. around your nutrition and your and your lifestyle, just it's that. Because if you restrict something, all you do is want it. It becomes just like all taboo thing, and it's like yeah, oh, agreed. Hundred percent. Never, never have it. But then if you just say, oh, do you know what? had quite an indulgent day yesterday i probably won't have that brownie today yeah or i'll probably go and put that pump i won't get my pumpkin spice latte from starbucks on the way to work and you just balance your choices out like that but then it stops you going to the weekend and just be like yeah do you have a cheat day yeah okay i, I mean I, I love a, a Domino's in the bar with a glass of wine. <laughs> Domino's as well come on i know i know yeah you know, even i'm a bit like ashamed for that but i will admit it i'm human right intermittent fasting tell me about it so intermittent fasting i really really love um particularly when i've had quite a heavy day the day before so if it turns out a, a kind of a, a night with friends and a lot of wine a lot of food and you wake up and you feel really really crap yeah i love a nice little brisk walk and then i push what i call a fasting window mm -hmm. um to around one so then you essentially don't have breakfast. So from the moment you went to sleep until the, the moment then you next eat, yeah. that's your fasting window. Yeah. So you should aim, if you are into it, you should aim for around 12 to 16 hours, depending mm -hmm. on how hardcore you want to be. But it's just essentially a window that enables your body to kind of process, digest everything. Um, I'm really keen on getting people back into their natural, what we call circadian rhythms of eating. Mm -hmm. So the same way that we get sleepy at night and get awake in the day our digestion shows natural fluxes okay. as well as our gut bacteria our gut bacteria actually fluxes as well uh -huh. so if you introduce a fasting window what you naturally do is introduce more structure into your eating plan and your eating window so sometimes people just eat all day graze all day eat late at night eat really early in the morning and what this does is alter your natural rhythms and then your natural natural digestive rhythms mm -hmm. so if you can fast you can even you can still have breakfast you don't have to skip breakfast but push your breakfast maybe to 11. yeah okay and then finish eating at seven night and that then, makes sense and it's a really then feasible way of just creating more structure and balance in your diet okay so i do 20 so i'm gonna get a free consultation now yeah. right uh, i do 20 hours fasting every day later, it's fine. <laughs> okay <laughs> i do 20 hours of fasting a day that's a lot well every day i do 20 hours so i eat but i how can i explain it i never i eat for like three or four hours yeah. but i eat bad so mm -hmm. i have I'm, i do the uh 20 hours of eating nothing and yeah. then four hours of eating whatever i like pizza yeah. chocolate like last night i had like 
three big cherry bakewells, brownies, three chocolatey rounds from Marks and Spencers. I had a pizza. Yeah, is that good? No. no. But no. I'm doing the 20 hours fasting, right? So it's not, everyone thinks sometimes fasting is this like magic cure to everything, yeah. but it's really not. It's, it's a component where we're working on when we're eating. Mm -hmm. So, but you also think of, have to think of how you're eating, what you're eating, when you're eating, um, how stressed you are, what was your sleep the night, like the night before? Wow. Like what are your hormones um, kind of saying? Like every, there's so many different factors when it comes to how we process, metabolize, utilize, store, burn energy. Yeah. And the, you can't think of your body as a simplistic mass equation. Like in and out, there's so many like influencing factors for both of those parts. Yeah. So it's not as simple as saying, I'm gonna have a 20 hour window, eat whatever I want, because do you feel like you're achieving your goals with <laughs> no. that? No, no. no. I did at the beginning. I actually yeah. lost loads of weight. Yeah, but were you doing, you were naturally restricting your calories in the most obscene way. Well, so yeah. you can still lose weight if you eat a McDonald's every single day, if you're only eating one McDonald's. Yeah, but okay. what you're not doing is providing your body with all of the things, things it, it needs. needs. Yeah. And That's the thing. What does a perfect, obviously everything, I get moderation, right? Because yeah. people don't understand, people say balance, but yeah. also it's gotta be moderation because yeah. you, there's no point in having like 6,000 leaves of salad and having like loads and loads of mayonnaise and so it just doesn't, yeah. everything's gotta be moderation, right? But what does a perfect balanced diet look like? Does it, is it breakfast, lunch and dinner? Is it snacking? There, there isn't any perfect template because yeah. it's everything that, it's what works for you. Some people hate breakfast. And they really don't want it. And yeah. they say, oh, but I feel like I read all these things. And they say breakfast is the mo most important meal of the day. They say that because we're most metabolically efficient in the first part of the day. Okay. Um, but if you're not a breakfast eater, if you don't eat breakfast, that isn't going to damage your health. Yes. You know? People have to understand that. This is it. And this is what I think is so important. It's, it's all like people go, oh, I'm going to follow this diet now. I'm going to follow this diet now because yeah. that person's done it. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for yeah. you. Like it, it has to be so individual. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important to actually have a nutritionist because exactly. they can understand your lifestyle, your patterns, what you like to eat, when you like to indulge. Is that, is that what would happen? A hundred percent. Because I work around them and their lifestyle and I work out how how I can tap into them yeah. and work with them. And that's the most important thing. You have to take everyone in, in their own right and their own entity and, and what they like, what they dislike and etc. But when we when we think about a balanced plate, like if I have one tip to give anyone, it's just when you finish that meal, think what extra veg can I put on there now? Okay. Like what extra thing that is made of plants can I put on this plate? Yeah. And that's a, such a simple way, and you then you start to think, oh, what extra two things can I start introducing to the plate? Just like the beans on toast. Yeah. It's that introduction of extra plant. Yes. That's so good for you. The plant's key then, they really are. Really, like as a foundation of your diet. Yeah. Yeah. God. Like really, really key. Do you not like them? I do. It's just, oh, I'm just lazy. Okay. Are you um, a carby? Carby, chocolatey. Yeah. Like just, unless it's like, like yesterday we went, to, we had a fry up in the morning. It was nice, it was great. In the evening I had a pizza. That to me is like- Do you not feel terrible? No, I feel fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel great. But okay, look, look right. Nutritionists, it's not, it's not cheap. 
Like it's not it's not cheap for some type of nutritionist. Yeah. How can we help the people that haven't got the education? How can we help the people that can't afford a nutritionist? What can we do to help those people? Like, uh, have you got a blog or something yeah. where people can? Like, someone might be listening to say, "I can't afford a nutritionist. Yeah. What am I going to do?" I think build your feed with people who are registered nutritionists. Mm -hmm. So I'm a registered nutritionist, which means that I'm protected by a UK board, which means everything that I say and practice is kind of regulated and I can't just go off on one. No. I have to be evidence-based. So, and then um, a dietitian as well, mm -hmm. also registered. So follow those kind of people on your social medias and they will give you a lot of advice and post a lot of things that are coming out and research that you can read over. Yeah. Um, if you look at my feed as well, you can see kind of inspiration for food and the things I like to cook. Um, so it's all accessible, isn't it? It's all really, really accessible. One thing I'd love to happen is better education in schools because that's where it all starts. Mm. Like, and all the um, education that I had was food tech where I used to learn how to make like a cupcake. That was it. Like you don't learn how to <laughs> chop vegetables, store vegetables. You don't know no, how you to don't. treat them. And, and then God, you'd never learn about nutrition. No, you wouldn't. No, you don't. And that's really sad. So it needs really to start sad. at schools. Yeah, and it's, that's, a, that's a movement I'd love to push. But is it being involved? Like, are they, do you know if they're doing anything about it at the moment mm -hmm. or is it something that they... Some schools, but it's, it's budget. Isn't that's it? really sad, yeah. isn't it? And they're not, te so they're not te they're teaching us about RE, religious studies and all this stuff, which is fine. Uh, but they're not teaching us about our health, yeah. our wellness, how to look after our money, mm. um, about our credit that's histories. A big one. Do you know when you, you get your own business and you're like, hmm. Like invoices and tax. Yeah. Like what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, I it's crazy though. Yeah. So loads of stuff they're not being taught. And I think I, I, one of them is definitely nutrition. Like understanding what you can, what you should and shouldn't be putting in your body. And having that healthy relationship with it. Because there are lots of kids that just, you see them depressed. They are depressed. They're depressed, upset kids. And they just binge eat yeah. shit. There's such a massive link now between diet and mental health. And it's crazy. And... A lot of it stems within the gut and a lot of these kids are having these really kind of beige traditional teenage diets i, I had one but i was yeah. lucky because i had my mum's food so yeah. my breakfast and dinner was always great but i always used to sneak off to mcdonald's for my lunch <laughs> did you eat it yeah every day i went through a phase where i went 21 days having a sweet cheese chicken wrap wow yeah how terrible was that Shit. i know but and then but some kids aren't as fortunate as me and they go home and their mum's really busy and, and she'll put freezer food on the table and there's and there's maybe what some bird's eye peas and that's yeah, it. That's, that's the right. only vegetable they're getting in their day. And then as they get older, they have compromised gut health, they have really low um, bacterial population diversity and what we see now is a link between depression and anxiety and this poor gut health. Wow. So if you switch someone over to um, like a Mediterranean diet pattern, so that's lots of olive oil, lots of fresh fruit and vegetables, um, legumes like chickpeas, cannellini beans, um, oily fish. And the the drop in um, depression symptoms were as much as if someone had gone to see a therapist. It was crazy. Wow. I, it's called the Smiles Trial. So if anyone wants to read up on it, the Smiles the Trial. Smiles Trial. Yeah. It's really, I, I think it's so important that people are educated on food and what is good and what is bad. I mean, when you talk about the beige food. You know, like, mm. what's, is that, does that show like high carbs? Is that a so carbs, carby diet? Carbs aren't, carbs aren't the devil. It's just what most people associate carbs with. So 
carbs people think of pizza white bread kind of sandwiches that don't really have much in it but like when i think of carbs i think of like potatoes again like, like legumes starchy vegetables um, butternut squash like really good bread and pastas and all things like that which can fit into a diet like we need carbs carbs mm. don't make you fat this whole high carbs insulin hypothesis where oh yeah if you cut out your carbs and you, your insulin drops and then you don't store fat or it's just retarded okay Sorry, excuse my friend it's not real no it's not, it's not real okay. um so when when i talk about beige carbs it's normally the the dietary pattern that follows that intake mm -hmm. so if you think of someone who relies on freezer food probably doesn't really drink enough water doesn't really have enough fruit and vegetables this isn't probably very very active and things like that so it's not just the, the beige cars itself Fair it's also the lifestyle that kind of goes around it what about um fruit let's go okay because strawberries mm -hmm. are they good for you yeah um kind of much lower in sugar so i always say berries are fantastic mm -hmm. um really really high in something called polyphenols which are these kind of phytochemicals which actually help and blunt the um, postprandial sugar spike okay. after, after eating fruit. So there's natural fruit in sugars. Always, always just eat the fruit. Don't juice the fruit. No. Don't mess uh, with the fruit. Just eat the fruit. Because yeah. the way that the fruit. <laughs> don't fuck with the fruit. Don't fuck with the fruit. So the way the fruit is is packaged in its own cells, yes. its own structure. It's something called the food matrix, which we know is really important now, and, and we see it in dairy consumption. So it's the way that all of our nutrients and the fats are packaged within the food and the food structure. It affects how it, we our body responds to it. Mm -hmm. um, and there's even um, things like, when we look at saturated fat intake in dairy products, the reason why it's not doesn't look to be as um, metabolically or, or cardiovascularly damaging is because of that food matrix. So the, the structure of the milk proteins affect the way that we respond to the saturated fat in them. Wow, okay, fine. So it's like, basically what you're saying, if you have an apple, you've got the fiber on the outside, yeah. which is the package, that's the good part for you, right? Yeah. And most people just blend it, get rid of it. And mm -hmm. once you've then done that, all the nutrients have basically just disappeared. Exactly, and then you've just got free sugars. So it's going to- Just, yeah. Yeah, spike, spike you up and then bring you down and be hungry in an hour. Wow. Do you ever eat Haribo's sugars? Mm, I've never liked those kind of sweets. You like more chocolatey, yeah, desserty. Yeah, I'm a chocolate girl. Like yeah. I love a pudding. Um, and again, like I never, I never try and cut out sugars. I never, I, I love one of those little goo pots. Oh you know, uh, yeah, 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 really yeah. Good. So I have like. I'm, I'm one of my tips as well is like don't buy share bags okay. just buy like pre-portioned chocolate bars you know when you go like buy Cadbury's buy four whispers in a pack yeah and just eat one whisper <laughs> like if you get it's, the share bag yeah. it's just like it's a, it's, oh yeah. shit it's like, I'm on the bottom there you, I think and it's also making habits right mm -hmm. getting into a good habit of, mm -hmm. of, of making good food if someone's going to come to you for consultation what could they expect like you know what for a first day as a con first time consultation yeah and so with everyone, I always make them do a photo food diary. So I've got a really cool app where normally people have to do a written food diary. It's really laborious, really long. Yeah. Um, and then now it's just like snap on like an Instagram feed, everything they eat and drink. Wow. So it's really insightful. Um, I analyze all of that. I recognize all the areas where I think they can improve and things that I think they're doing great. And it also gives me an insight to who they actually are. Because obviously when you just sit and talk to someone and they say, oh, I've got, I think I've got a good diet. You don't know until you know. Yeah. Um, so I go through all of that. Then we sit down, we have like an hour chat where I learn about their lifestyle, their work, their stress. Do they like to exercise? Like, do they like to cook kitchen skills, etc.? 
and then I make like a bespoke plan that's totally tailored to them and then we'll have a follow-up and they can basically communicate with me whenever they need me um, I'm essentially just sounds their like, nutrition mate sounds like <laughs> a good, I, li I sound, like it to be like that sounds like it's good value for money oh and I'm, I'm I price myself like really fairly because I want to be accessible to people mm -hmm. and especially the times that we're in you know? how has COVID affected you I mean I really miss seeing family. Of course. And seeing friends. I miss restaurants yeah, so oh much. God. I just miss the social scene. I miss, miss going to a bar and having a really nice glass of wine and, and a chat with people. <laughs> so it's like. No, it's true. Yeah. Do you have a favourite restaurant in London? Mm. What for? Oh, God. Uh, let's go with. Uh, let's go with steak. Oh really expensive <laughs> so i've only ever been like twice in my life it's the yeah. best steak in london cut cut uh, on park lane okay wolf by wolfgang park my it's good god the best steak and the best cream spinach you will ever have in really oh my days cut insane well, cut. going there okay cut uh what about pizza I really like pizza pilgrims. Yes, that's mine. Yeah, 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 fantastic pizza. What would you have on it? Oh, okay. So I love anchovies. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm gonna really divide people, but I love anchovies. So I would have a, a margarita, like a classic margarita, yeah. with anchovies. Nice. Okay. Um, what would you have? Enduya. Yeah. Is it enduya? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Enduya with fresh red chilies yeah. and extra mozzarella. Nice. Yeah. Oh, nice spicy. Like, had that last night. Pilgrims, oh, it's literally sure. on my doorstep. Sure. Oh my god! Sometimes they've even sent That's, them. Do you know I'm sending you a complimentary meal plan? Yeah, I, I think I need one. Right? <laughs> um, okay. So, and and a dessert. What what are you going to go to? What's what's your like go to oh, dessert? Do you mean like death row? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if let's not worry this about calories. This is so easy. And also, I've made it. I found the recipe, so you don't want to know the calories. Yeah. Hawksmoor sticky toffee pudding. Oh, I love sticky toffee Absolutely. pudding. Absolutely dead butt. I don't like the clotted cream on it. I like ice cream. Okay. So, like a whole small sticky toffee pudding with a proper vanilla ice cream, Ooh. like loads of vanilla in. And I've made the recipe, and it's literally so it's beef suet. Beef suet? What's yeah. that? Um, like beef fat. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so, you, like, the, when I say suet dumplings, so you, it comes in like that really weird old school pack. It's called like. Is it called Atora? Um, so you get vegetable suet or beef suet. So hawks more, instead of using butter, use beef fat. Wow. Um, loads of dark sugar, um, flour. So it just kind of holds together this fat and sugar bomb. <laughs> wow. And then the sauce is just like butter, sugar, cream, deliciousness. It's, it's, worth, more, yeah, yeah. it's worth every single okay. calorie. It's that good. Do you calorie count? No, no. no. Never. Do you not? No. No. I just, you know what it is? It's like, some people are really are able to do it and be like very non-obsessive. Yeah. So they do it and it's fine. They don't really think about it. But I hate life being ruled by numbers. Like, mm. I don't weigh myself. I don't measure myself. I don't track my numbers in my food. I don't want to look at numbers on, on a menu when I'm going out to eat because, like, wh what does that mean? Like, what does that number on a scale mean to you? Yeah. Does it determine your value? Does it, does it make you feel better? Half the time, no. No. And I always say to people, I say, well, how do you feel in your clothes? How do your jeans fit? Yeah. Like, do you feel confident in your clothes? If you don't, cool, then let's work to maybe have a little bit of a lighter eating pattern and, and help you feel more confident in the I things like you wear. That. I like that a lot. 
It's not all about the numbers. It's, not, it's never about the numbers. Mm, it's so important, but no one ever discuss, no one ever said, no one ever really says that. Everyone just says it's about the calorie numbers. It's yeah. about eating this and eating that. And you're saying it's a, genuinely about just how you feel. Exactly how you feel. Pure yeah. happiness, like just exactly. trying to. Ah, uh, you can't beat that, can you? No. It's just pure happiness. No way. Guys, today we've had Emily, the nutritionist, on. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks and for can't me. wait to see the uh, nutritionist kitchen. No, and I'll, I'll send you some food. I will definitely be ordering plenty of food. <laughs> Guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See you all Take soon. Care, bye.